morning, church. If you're out in the foyer, make your way back to your seats. That would be brilliant. And uh, before we go any further, I want to send a big shout out to our chapel service this morning. Uh, You may or may not know, but uh, our chapel service had been put on hold for a couple of weeks um, just due to some health issues over at Yukana. And uh, But they have restarted, they have recommenced their services and it is great to have you guys back joining with us for our civic services and uh, we know that you'd be having a brilliant service over there with Pastor Bruce and Sue. As uh, Ange alluded to, today is a, a significant day in the life of our church. In the last uh, several years, in the month of August, usually uh, the second Sunday in every August, We've hosted a season and we've hosted a day called For This Cause. And uh, it's a moment really in the life of Civic where we deliberately pause as a community of faith, as people of faith, where we, I guess, stop and pause and reflect about the choices that we make in life and how they might align with the cause of Christ and God's Kingdom. Some perhaps might have the perception out there that it's just a day where the church fundraises for money. No, 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 no. That is not what For This Cause is all about. And so today we thought we would, because For This Cause, uh, in, to some way, to some degree, it, it's quite a large uh, uh, thing to pull apart. And so we thought today we would bring three different facets or three different expressions of for this cause. And so uh, how it will work today is I will share for a few moments and then uh, Pastor Kerry will share and our senior pastor, Pastor Brendan, will finish today. So you kind of get three sermons in one. Good value, right? If you were to walk through any graveyard in a town or a city, you would most likely discover on the tombstones of the, in, in the graveyard the year that someone entered earth and breathed their first breath, and also on that tombstone, there would be another four numbers of when they departed this earth and when they breathed their last breath and moved in to the next life. But what sits between these eight numbers on most tombstones in most graveyards is a simple dash. And although that dash is a simple stroke and may not hold much significance to the tombstone, it holds much significance to the people that have gathered to celebrate that life. It's significant because ultimately it represents the life that they have lived. It represents not only the life that they have lived, but it also represents the legacy that they have left. Legacy. Some definitions would, would, would suggest it, it, it's the impression or the impact that you leave on people, but I would think that legacy can best be defined with what will exist after you don't. What will exist after you don't? It was the fictional character of Maximus Decimus Meridius, played by Russell Crowe in Gladiator, that said these words to his Roman legions. What we do in life echoes in eternity. 
And it was Jesus that actually told a parable in Luke chapter 12 when asked by someone from the crowd, Jesus, tell my brother to divide my father's inheritance. And Jesus replies with a parable. It goes like this in Luke chapter 12, verses 16. And he told him this parable. The ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. And then he said, this is what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones, and there I will store my surplus grain. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool. This very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? And this is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves, but is not rich toward God. Church, I need you to know something. Where we are sitting right now on this property of land, 258 Spring Street, is a direct result of legacy. There was a time where there was not brick and mortar laid across this prime real estate of 14 acres. There was a collective group of people of faith that decided one day, you know what, we want to leave a legacy for the next generations and so we're going to take a step of faith and create a legacy. And so here we sit on the 14th of August, 2022, recipients of people's faith and recipients of people's legacy. Decades ago, seeds were planted and now we are receiving the harvest. In fact, I was thinking about this just on Friday night as we held our youth ministry in the hub. And there's a whole bunch of teenagers there 13, 14, 15, 16-year-olds that have got no flipping idea about life, but they've got no idea, they've got no idea of the sacrifices and the prayers that were prayed, the blood, sweat and tears that the previous generations made so that they could have a facility, so that they could have an environment where they could encounter Jesus. Legacy. Legacy. See, legacy isn't just what will exist after you don't. Legacy also means sacrifice today for others tomorrow. That's what legacy is. Sacrifice and generosity today. It's looking beyond today. It's looking beyond your own set of circumstances for others tomorrow. I think it's important to note that in Luke chapter 12, God didn't call the man foolish for being wealthy. It's important to note that. He didn't call the man foolish for having things. He didn't call the man foolish for being rich. He called him foolish because the man desired a posture of convenience and comfort. You know what? I just want to take life easy. I just want to eat, drink, and be merry. And God said, you fool. If you read the parable and you understand the context, there was the miracle of the abundant harvest. But the man did not keep the miracle 
going. The, 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 the motion and the momentum of the miracle, it could have been continued. There could have been another abundant harvest and another abundant harvest. But because the man was so short-sighted, because he was so full of selfishness and comfort and convenience, the miracle stopped. How do we keep a miracle going? We live for a legacy. This church has seen miracle after miracle after miracle. How do we keep the motion and the momentum of miracles going in God's house? We live for a legacy. We live for a legacy. We look beyond ourselves, church. The man's choice to to build bigger barns simply revealed what he loved. He reve- it revealed that he desired convenience and comfort, not sacrifice or generosity. You will always build what you love. You will always build what you love. Look at your life right now and the choices that you are making. I guarantee you it will reveal what you love, depending on what you're building. And can I make it crystal clear? As I finish up in just a few moments, can I make it crystal clear? The goal here is never to build something big. The goal is to build something that lasts. And that's the difference between a dynasty and a legacy. A dynasty says, let's make it big. Let's make it amazing. A legacy says, no, let's sow into the next generation so that they can have facilities, so that they can have environments where they can encounter Jesus. Like our previous generations that have gone before us, that have laid the foundation, that have given us an inheritance. What are we going to do with what's in our hands right now? In fact, it was our senior pastor at our our team night this Tuesday, and he said these words. It's not about making civic great. In fact, it's, it's about civic decreasing so that Jesus can increase. Hear us, it's not about building the brand of Civic. It's about making Jesus great. Because it's His cause and it's His kingdom that will last. I'll finish with this. In our family, Ange and I, we, when it comes around for this cause or, or, or giving to God's kingdom, it's not because we're pastors that we give. You need to know that. No one, no one checks whether we give or not because we're on staff. But this is where we've arrived in our revelation when it comes to Jesus. I, I believe in the church that, that there's two camps. There, 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 there's, there's a poverty gospel. There's the poverty mentality when it comes to church. And then there's the prosperity gospel. And the prosperity gospel is where, well, if I give, I'll get a blessing back. God owes me because I've given. We need to stop that in the church. Neither is right, the poverty or the prosperity. This is where we've arrived as a family. You know what? We're not, giving to, we're not giving to God to get a blessing. We're giving from a position because we're already blessed. Jesus died on the cross, gave us free gift of righteousness and grace. We, we are giving from a position of already being blessed. And so when it comes to being generous on for this cause or weekly giving, it's not even an issue. It's not even a question. Because we know what we've received from Christ. One life, one legacy. Thanks, Pastor Jared. Jesus' last words to his disciples are recorded in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. 
He says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Jesus is really prophesying here how his message is going to be spread once he goes home to the Father, which he does moments after saying this. He's saying to his disciples, first you need to focus on your current home, which is Jerusalem, and then spread out to your neighborhood and your region, which is Judea and Samaria, and then to the uh, rest of the world. And we've taken this same principle and applied it to our approach for our spheres of influence, where we focus and where we finance. So for us, in our language, Jerusalem is at home, which is civic church, its ministries, programs and facilities. Uh, down, uh, sorry, Judea and Samaria is down the street. So our city, which is Toowoomba, our region, our state and our nation. And the ends of the earth is across the world, which is, of course, the nations of the world. So I'm just going to break this down as the little sandwich between Pastor Brendan and Pastor Jared this morning, the little, uh, the little I don't know, whatever you like in your sandwich. I'm the middle part. <laughs> to talk a little bit about a culture, um, just I suppose so you know our paradigm for what we do focus on and what we do finance, particularly when we come around for this course. So at home speaks of civic church, its ministries, programs and facilities. We need a strong home base with a firm foundation, right? We need a place where we uh, can kind of regroup as a faith community after a big week out in the world. We need a place of safety, security, uh, substance, sustenance, not just for us who call civic home, but for those who are yet to come home and who are still coming home. This includes our Sunday services, civic kids, civic youth, uh, one-hour connects, events, and of course, our physical venues as well. As a church, our core business is caring for people's spiritual well-being, primarily spiritual, but not exclusively. And the cause of Christ, we've heard it said many times on this platform, is to reconcile humanity to their loving Heavenly Father. And we remain totally committed to that cause because we believe it's the cause of Christ and it's the cause for us as well. We remain committed to that, to see people come into a loving, personal relationship with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And all that we do at home, everything that we put our focus and our finance to at home underscores this because it remains our why. But we need a thriving and effective home to see all of that happen well, right? I bought my own unit a few years ago, a couple of years ago now, and, uh, and I still have moments where I'm just so grateful. I look around even just doing boring things like the dishes and look around and say, I'm just still so grateful. It's a haven for me. Uh, it's a place where I can just be myself. And it's a place where people feel comfortable and welcome when they come and visit as well. I'm reluctantly learning, though, that the honeymoon period is coming to a close (laughs) as little things start to need my attention. Some lights have blown, my aircon's playing up, my outdoor plants are not loving life at the moment. (laughs) It needs maintenance to continue to be a blessing and, where appropriate, refurbs and upgrades so that it continue to be what I need it to be to serve the people that I want it to serve, just like church. It says of the early church in Acts 2:46, day after day they met in the temple area, continuing with one mind. You know, that was contextual for them. The temple was something that they prioritized day after day. This, in our context, is contextual for us. In our modern mission field, this is uh, vital and important for us. We need a strong home base. 
Once we've got that sorted, we then head down the street, which speaks of our city, our region, our state, and our nation. We firmly believe that God designs for every single person a geographic location for His purposes. Paul says in Acts 17, 26, He's made from one blood every nation of men to dwell on the face of the earth and has determined their pre-appointed times and the boundaries of their dwellings. For many of us, we believe that Toowoomba is that place, that location where God has called us for a season or forever. And we have a genuine heart for the city. We love this place and we want to see it thrive. Pastor Brennan said it before that civic is a one-word prophecy. We're civic-hearted and civic-minded in everything that we do. And this deep love for the city compels us to serve it through uh, all different avenues. We've got Civic Assist, which is our community services expression of the church, which comes out of the heart of the church to really benefit the welfare of the whole community. We've got chaplaincy, we've got accredited chaplains uh, through sports chaplaincy and the Speedway and other venues, meeting and supporting people where they're at. And then of course we partner with other Toowoomba-based organisations like Toowoomba Together Incorporated and Toowoomba Hospital Foundation to support the great work that they're doing in the city. Because we ought to be out in our community, right? We, if we truly love the city, we should be out there doing what we can to make it better, both, both personally and corporately. While home is paramount, it's not a prison. We need to stretch out beyond these four walls and go out there and serve and love people. Then beyond our region, uh, we go into our nation as well. And from time to time, Australian Christian Churches, which is the movement that we're a part of, uh, will launch appeals for people, um, you know, struggling from bushfires or floods or uh, cyclones. You name it, Australia gets a lot of it, right? And, uh, and we love to be good neighbours. So we love to support those causes as well. And then we go across the world, which speaks of the nations. We believe that his cause and his kingdom is borderless. He's not about restricting himself to a holy huddle and neither are we. His grace is for all, so his, our scope should be for all as well. Jesus made it really clear in Matthew 28, 19. Now, wherever you go, make disciples of all nations. You know, for us, our global focus as a church uh, really has been in Madagascar since 2004. And over that time, we've developed a full academic curriculum that we continue to test in two schools in the capital. We hand over that project in 2025, uh, which will be bittersweet. <laughs> Who knows where our next global focus will be, but all I know is that we'll have a focus because God's love is borderless. While he sets our boundaries, he doesn't restrict his love. His cause to reconcile humanity goes across all races, across all genders, ages, ethnicities, every walk of life. At home, down the street, and across the world. It's a tall order, but he's already given us the key on how to do it. Remember Jesus said in Acts 1.8, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. We're enabled to do this through the power and the gift of the Holy Spirit. We're empowered to be an influence in our city. We're empowered to stretch beyond that and go down the street. We're empowered to focus globally, all because he's given us that scope and that passion. So I encourage you today, whatever it might look like, as obviously we come around for this cause, but it might be in every other aspect of your life. Consider how he might help you and empower you to make home strong to participate down the street and to focus around the world because his cause is borderless. 
Pastor Brennan, over to you. She did that incredible. You know, I don't know how they do this. There's a timer up the back there. It's useless on me. I mean, honestly, but they, they seem to be able to handle the time. What a joy it is for me to be on the same platform preaching with amazing young preachers, right? Pastor Jared and Pastor Kerry, just incredible. I've watched them grow over so many years, and uh, here I am getting to share the platform with them, and it is truly a privilege and a joy for me. You might say we're having a preach fest. <laughs> you know, um, a preach fest. Maybe it's the... Maybe it's the new way. We, we're going to start having a whole bunch of preachers up here at one go. You're all like, we want to go home, seriously. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> but it is a privilege for me to be with them and to be on the same platform. And speaking about something that we're very passionate about, and I believe that Civic Church is very passionate about, and that is, of course, for this cause, and about leaving a legacy and about what it means to be able to really be intentional about giving into for this cause and leaving a legacy and understanding that its purpose, of course, is uh, around the world, down the street and here at home. And of course, to be able to empower the church to do all of those things requires finance. And so here we are this morning and we need to be able to really be deliberate about this idea of what does it mean to be generous? It would have been about four or five weeks ago, uh, a man uh, from out of town had come to visit a family member that, was, that is attending Civic Church. And uh, so while he was here, he thought he'd take the opportunity to come to church, to come to Civic, a Civic Church service, uh, to just check us out, see what Civic's like. And uh, so came along to church a couple of Sundays ago and, uh, you know, enjoyed the service. And on the way out, as you would, you would know, I stand usually in the foyer there just to get a chance to say good day to people and to, well, to say goodbye to them, really, but to thank them for coming. And, and it's an often it's the only time I get to see many of you. And uh, I love, uh, Margaret and I love the opportunity of doing that. While I was standing there saying goodbye to everybody, this uh, gentleman came up to me and, uh, of course, I didn't know him. He was new to me, and, uh, which is always a help when I say, hello, do I know you? And he said, no, you don't, because most of the time it's, yes, you do, and you should know my name. <laughs> but anyhow, I'm getting better, aren't I? I'm getting better. Anyway, he said, no, you don't. We haven't met. But uh, he proceeded to let me know who he was and that he was a visitor here and that he, he, he's a Christian man and he's been in part of churches for many years um, and that he was just happy to come along to Civic and how uh, he wanted to uh, commend me on the service and thoroughly enjoyed uh, our service. And, uh, and then he paused for a moment and he said, I particularly want to say how much I enjoyed your giving clip Okay, he said, I've been, I've been in churches for a long time. And he said, uh, it is unusual for a church to actually preach generosity and to really be clear about the fact that giving is a choice of generosity 
and not an obligation. You know, we had a good conversation at that point, um, brief conversation because there were many people around. We're in the foyer and I'm meeting this person for the first time. But um, as he was speaking, I made the comment that giving should be an act of generosity and that it is never about the amount but it is always about the heart with which it's given. And we had, he, he was just pretty much blown away by the fact that there was... He said, you, you are swimming against the tide, you know that. He said, because many of the churches that I've been involved with and, and some of them that I visit, um, you know, you're, you're regularly made to feel that you better give or else <laughs> and uh, that, uh, sadly, you can be even felt like guilty if you don't give. But he said, it's just love to be part of a church that is understanding that generosity is a choice and it's not an obligation. And as he went away and as he left, I thought, what an incredible thing that we... I, I, just so, I was so thrilled about the fact that as he left, and I, I would hope anybody else who's part of Civic Church or has visited Civic Church, that if that was something that they walked away with and remembered about Civic Church, apart from everything else, it's that that church preaches generosity. That's the church that preaches and teaches generosity. And they, under, they have a clear understanding about how generosity is all about the heart with which it's given and not the amount. And so I thought that this morning I might just re-emphasise that point when we come around our thoughts on being generous at this time of giving to for this cause. Let's be clear about it. Giving to for this cause, I absolutely, Margaret and I absolutely believe in giving to for this cause, as we do in giving in, in our general, out of our general provisions uh, every single Sunday. Uh, but the fact of the matter is that we need to remember that when you give to for this cause, it's not an obligation. It's all about the heart with which you give it. Paul put it this way. Don't make this a matter Sorry, make this a matter of generosity and not as a grudging obligation. He goes on to say, if you sow sparingly, you reap sparingly. But if you sow bountifully, you, you reap bountifully. So then, listen to this, let each one give as he purposes in his heart. Let each one give as he, say it, purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. Let me hear you say that. For God he loves a cheerful giver. Do you know, we're not here to work out, can we get, can, can the for this score, the, the, the offering or the giving to for this cause this year be bigger and better than every other year? Much rather we would that whatever amount is given, that this year it was given more cheerfully than it was last year and the year before and the year before. It's all about the heart and the cheerfulness of being able to say, hey, I want to be part of this and I want to give. As I've already said, Margaret and I absolutely believe in giving into for this cause. Uh, we've already spoken about this as we do every year and uh, we've already been able to um, give uh, online. And I can say this to you, we give substantially because we find ourselves in a place where we are able to give substantially. Um, but I'm, I want to be very clear with every single one of you. We know that not everyone is in the same position that we are. 
we understand that many families today are facing increasing costs. If, you, uh, if you've listened to anything on social media or the news lately, I'd be rare, it's rare, if ever, to hear anything is going down in price. It's all going, it's all going up. And the cost of living just continues to seemingly be going up and up and up. And so you might be here today and you might, your heart would be, man, we really want to be generous and we really want to give and we're serious about not just giving to for this cause, but we are serious about giving into the, the things that civics involved with on a, on a weekly basis. But the reality is that when we're looking at our budgets lately, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot of strain on our budgets. And so I want to be very clear as the senior pastor here today that we understand that, that you are giving what you know is, a, you, that is with wisdom, that you're giving out of everything that you can, out of the resources that you can, you will be generous because we are a generous church. But whatever you do, please make sure that when you give it, you're able to say, Father, I give this with a cheerful heart. I've looked at what we can give and, and I believe we can give this amount um, but Lord, we, we just, it's not about that amount, it's about the heart with which we can give it. Uh, and so please be encouraged this morning that, it, that, that our hearts here are not about trying to get everybody to give more and more and more. Rather that you would give more and more cheerfully and that you have the opportunity to say, look, I want to be generous and I'm, we're going to have a conversation about it. And I, I absolutely encourage you. you. You need to, I have to be honest with you, Margaret and I absolutely believe in, in sowing financially into the kingdom of God. We have for all, <laughs> 40 years and, and have always found that the scriptures remain true. Let me just repeat what it says in Proverbs chapter 11, verse 25. The generous man is a source of blessing and shall be prosperous and enriched, and he who waters will himself be watered, reaping the generosity he has sown. You know, I, I reinterpret that to say that we are a blessing to bless, or we are blessed to be able to bless. The more, that we be, the more that we enter into the blessedness of being generous, we seemingly somehow are able to give more. And it's, it's an incredible thing to us that uh, over so many years we have been well positioned to be able to just give and, and, and to give more and then and just, and just continue to reap the blessing of being generous. And I have to be honest with you that for this cause has got to be a great fertile soil to sow into. I absolutely believe that with all my heart. It would be wrong of me to let you go from here thinking, oh, well, Pastor Brennan's basically saying, you know, what you can, just give if you can. If you can't, it doesn't matter. It, it's, that's true. It, it is true. But then I have to tell you the scriptures are also clear that it's a wise person that can figure out where to sow and, and in, what, in, in what soil to sow. And I absolutely believe it with all my heart. Margaret and I absolutely with all our heart that, that there's a principle in generosity that the blessedness of being generous will overtake you. It will. Um, it, in time, it will overtake you. And I would so encourage you to continue to be generous. Um, I, I love the way that Isaiah 32 puts it. A generous man devises generous things, and by generosity he shall stand. You know, the way I read that, it's like a generous person is, is always looking for ways to be generous. 
You're always looking for ways to be generous. You're, not, you're sort of not waiting for the opportunity to come to you, but a generous person is constantly looking for the opportunities to be generous. And I believe that that's who we are at Civic Church. I believe we're generous people. I believe that we don't have to just sit back and wait for the opportunity, but rather we're looking for these opportunities to be generous because we are generous people. Um, and then it says, and by generosity he shall stand. You know the way I, I understand that? A generous person will stand out. Hello? I have found that in my life. Generous people just stand out. <laughs> there is something about their life. They're just generous. They're just, they just give and there's a cheerfulness with their giving and, and they're always looking for ways to give and they... You know, when you get around those people and you can see that they're always just wanting to give out and, and, and give of their resources with wisdom, giving with wisdom, but they're always wanting to just be able to be a blessing. You know, we're blessed to be a blessing, right? And we just love to give. And when we do that, there's something about us. We sort of stand out. Sadly, in the world today, of course, so many... Uh, don't understand or, or, or may understand what it means to give donations but they don't understand what it means to be generous generosity is not about giving a donation it's about the willingness to want to give with a cheerful heart as often as you can to the things that you know will leave a legacy and that are going to be able to continue to advance the cause of Jesus Christ are we right? and so this morning I want to encourage you be prayerful Make sure you do. If, if, you, if you have a spouse, well then do, just take a moment and say, can we just be prayerful for this moment? Let's just think about what it might be that we would be able to do if we were to be generous to for this cause and be intentional about it. Generosity is intentional. It doesn't happen by accident. It's, a, it's something that you have to think about. And so I'd encourage us all to be doing that. And again, I commend it to you and believe in it. And I believe with all my heart that there is something very special about being generous. Father, we've come this morning because we really, truly believe in your cause. We absolutely believe in advancing the cause of Jesus. And we thank you, Jesus, that you have given us this wonderful revelation that those who can be generous, that as we are generous and as we are willing to sow and as we're willing to give financially into the things that matter to you the most, there's a blessing. There are blessings. We are grateful, Jesus, that you are our great provider. You have given us great provisions in Jesus' name. And we never take that for granted. Even though at times, Father, we might feel like we would, we would want more. We need more in our, in our own everyday finances. Yet we are always grateful for the provisioning that you have blessed us with. And so, Father, help us this morning to understand the blessedness that we live in. And, Lord, that we could extend that blessedness by being a blessing to so many more who are yet to know you. Father, I thank you for this church. I thank you for Civic. 
I thank you for a church that knows what it means to preach and teach generosity, to preach and teach giving with cheerfulness. Father, may you and you alone be glorified in all that we do and all of our giving. In Jesus' wonderful name. And every heart said, Amen and Amen. Well, thank you so very, very much for coming this morning. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed the preach fest. And um, we're going to leave right now with one last song. <laughs>